Hey everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti, where I get to meet with everyone involved in the enrollment process. You know, there's so much to be said about higher education and what's going on, but seldom do people have the opportunity to really be an advocate for their students and express how they feel. So today I have a very special guest. This amazing young lady has served in higher education, specifically in advising for over 10 years, okay? And she is the true definition of a coach. So let's welcome Miss Alexisa Peterson, AKA Lex, okay? She likes to go by Lex. Hey Lex. Hi, <laughs> thank you for having me. Absolutely. How are you doing um, today, Lex? What's going on in your world over there? Yeah, everything is good. It's summer. It's beautiful outside. I've been enjoying some of that weather, you know, as it's much hot. as possible. It is hot. It's been it's really hot. Hot. Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, Lex, I want to talk about coaching and advising. You have been in higher education for a very long time. Yes. And I know coaching is something that you're super passionate about, which we're going to get a little deeper into that later. But I know you are also a fellow CEC alumni. Woo -woo! Yeah. But I don't know if you remember back in the day in CEC, when it came to the different positions and titles of advisors, some people didn't know if to call their team advisors, admissions reps, you know, admissions counselors. And I remember people used to say, your job is to give the student the information so that they can enroll. You are not supposed to be their counselor. You're not supposed to be their therapist. And it kind of left advisors feeling like, okay, so how am I really supposed to find out as much information about the students so I can actually help them take the next step? Exactly. Okay. And I think it's still an issue today, but we're going to help walk people through what it's really like to be a coach and how we can actually bridge those gaps. But first start off by telling us a little bit more about yourself, Lex. How did you begin your journey in higher education? Well, I first started in higher education right out of college. It was the first opportunity that I had that was a salary paying position. I'm higher than what I've ever had before I graduated. And so I was looking for all these different jobs. Unfortunately, I graduated in the middle of a recession. Wow. And so the jobs were scarce. And I was working two jobs in hospitality. So I was up for a training position as a manager. And, uh, you know, the other job was just fast food, unfortunately, with a college degree. And so wow. I was just researching all these different schools where I could go with my degree. And mm -hmm. I had a really good friend that I had worked with uh, previously while I was still in college. She recommended CEC to me. And so I applied and I got the interview almost immediately. Wow. How was your experience when you first started off? It was CEC amazing. Advisor? It was amazing, Kathy. I really enjoyed the environment. That was everything to me. I was excited to get up and go to work every day because of my coworkers and knowing what I could do, knowing that I've always been passionate about inspiring others, encouraging mm -hmm. others. It was something that was just like a dream for me to be able to go into that environment, do that all day. But then there were other parts about it that were very scary, like the sales aspect of things uh -huh. that was very intimidating. I didn't like that very much. I'd rather have a conversation with somebody and get to know them first and mm -hmm. then explain the features and benefits of why they should choose us type of thing. 
Yeah, I, I'm there with you. Okay, when I first started off in CEC, I came from outdoor sales. So I was walking door to door selling office supplies. Okay, no appointments or anything. When I came into CEC, it was like the heaven's gates opened up because I'm like, wait a minute, there's no cold calling. I get business cards. These are people who are actually interested. But then there was still a challenge there to make my very first call. And I remember my DOA saying, Kat, it's time to go. And I'm like, I have to start dialing like right now. It's still that break because you don't know who you're going to get on the other other line. But then sometimes the pressure of numbers and enrolling and it's like, it may not be the good fit for the student. And it's like, yeah, but we need this class start now. And it's like, it's that break between, you know, integrity (laughs) or uh, should I try to keep my job? You know, and unfortunately, that still happens in a lot of places today. So let me ask you, how has, you know, this experience and your life shaped who you are today? So being that I have to explain information, but also before I can get to that point, I have to ask these really deep questions to know why. Why now? Why are you inspired to do something? What's going to keep you motivated? It shapes me in my life because I'm hearing all of these different stories. We're talking to all these different personalities that's been through all these different experiences. And some I can relate to because I have empathy. And, you know, so the way that that shaped me as a person is it allows me to be more empathetic. It's allowed me to be more intentional about the things that I do. It's allowed me to dig deeper, plan strategize a little bit better because how can I motivate someone else if I'm not living by my own words? So. Absolutely. Uh, Is there any story in particular that you could think of where you would definitely kind of compare to our proprietary student that helps you in your current role? Oh, that's a good question. None that jump out right Mm -hmm. away. I would say one of my most recent students, um, She's been so nervous about starting school Uh and she comes from a background that I can relate to because uh, I grew up, you know, orphans. And so her situation is very similar and that she doesn't have parents that are really motivated to help her do anything at all. It's just kind of like, you know, you're here. We gave birth to you now. Figure it out, you know, and I can relate to that. So we spend a lot of time talking and building and me encouraging her and showing her how things are done and what to Mm -hmm. expect. Um, And she's like like our traditional student. She just didn't have that background. Education just wasn't something that her parents even promoted in the household because they didn't even go to college. So having me there to motivate her, to coach her, to show her, explain things, you know, be succinct in what I'm telling her and Mm -hmm. follow through with the things that I ask her to do as well. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just so fulfilling to be able to help someone do that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, what's interesting is when we when we look at the role of an advisor, sometimes we always talk about effective communication when it comes to students. Right. But what I found that a lot of people, they have no idea what that means. You know, um, I've been working with advisors for so long and I would hear a conversation and I already know that the advisor went through the same thing. Right. But then that potential student is not opening up and it's like, hello, you have a connection. There's some common ground there. Use your circumstances. And I feel like sometimes people feel like, wait, but am I supposed to? 
you know, is this compliant? Am I going a little too deep by opening up? But, but here's the problem. If we don't get our students to open up, you can easily lose them because now you're so much on the surface when they start to disappear and they start getting afraid and that fear, you know, sets in. You don't even have anything to go by where you can say, you know what? Well, based on what you told me, you know, this is something that you cannot afford not to do. Exactly. You know, was that something that was natural for you in the beginning? In the beginning, yes, but then mm -hmm. you have all these policies and rules and things that you can and cannot do. So those limitations definitely make you feel very mm -hmm. restricted to what you can say. Um, but because I've worked in the industry, like you said, for over 10 years, I've worked at a lot of different schools where we have to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, you know, why didn't you ask this question? But every school is different. Um, and I, I just find that having a consistent measure of what is it my intention to get out of the student what is it that i'm trying to really discover how can i help this person is always what's in my mind how can i create value for this person mm -hmm. you know what obstacles am i going to need to overcome later on when they want to quit because it's not easy it's not like what they had the picture in their mind before they signed up now they have to actually follow through and do things exactly Interesting. So I know when it comes to coaching, it's something that's super passionate, you know, for you, right? This is something that you also want to take to the next level, right? And, and I really feel as if you have the potential to go as high as you want to go. So when you think of a coach, what comes to mind? Well, number one, charisma. It has, you have to be charismatic. Uh, I feel like people need to like you to really listen to what you're saying to them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, being concise, having a real clear communication with that person that you're talking with on the other end. Um, and then I think that another top thing for me is uh, the vision, having a vision, having that purpose of why am I here? You know, how am I going to help this person? Like, I, I always think about that because I want to keep that intention pure. I want them to know I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Nothing's too heavy for me to bear. I'm here. Tell me what you got to tell me. Ask me what you need to ask me. And let's get through it. Let's figure out how we can troubleshoot these different difficulties that you might find yourself in. Because mm -hmm. I am an advocate and I have um, this passion because I remember growing up and not having anyone to guide me. I didn't have a mentor or a mother or a father to kind of tell me this is what you do. This is what you don't do. I figured it out on my own just from watching, observing my surroundings. Interesting. Is that what's leading you to wanting to take this path? Absolutely. Wow. So how long have you been thinking about this? Many years. What so, has been preventing you? Okay, I'm now. That is my go-to question. Absolutely, I would say nothing is preventing me, Kathy. Actually, I have been mentoring people. Um, mm -hmm. Just in my environment, I've been mentoring yeah. my nieces. I've been mentoring my nephews, my partner. I've been mentoring every person that I come in contact with to some mm -hmm. degree. Now, on a broader spectrum of being mm -hmm. on a social platform where you know you're able to reach more people. I haven't done that quite yet. What's been hindering me from doing that is my shyness. I can be very shy <laughs> and people don't believe it, but I can be very withdrawn, very shy. And um, I just, I really overthink in those moments, but I'm overcoming that. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm actually doing the show today because I'm making little strides. I can't preach something and not follow my own words. Mm -hmm. It's all about, you know, follow through for me. So I have to do that. I have to get on the platform and do something better than what I'm doing. <laughs> Look, baby steps, right? Everything yeah. happens at its own time. And I am severely introverted. And I know people may go, 
who <laughs> of all people, but I definitely am. You know, if, if given the opportunity, I'd rather stay home by myself and do nothing but read and, and binge watch Netflix, right? <laughs> I'm not really the social butterfly, but it may appear that I am, but it took a lot of practice. When I first um, came into coaching, sometimes when I was filming, I would take like a hundred takes just to film something that's 30 seconds long. But I realized a lot of that had to do with perception and what I thought people were expecting. Exactly. All right. So you're definitely going to get there. All you have to do is be lax because you have what it takes, right? Just one step at a time. So what do you think is the downside to coaching, right? Because we know what a coach can bring to the table, but in everything, there's always that other side. The downside to coaching is everyone is built with this will mechanism. They, mm -hmm. You either have the free will to do what you want to do or, you know, or, or you're what you don't want to do. And so we can't control people so we can give them like the saying is so important because it's true. You can take them to the water, but you can't make them drink. And so the frustrating thing about it, and I know you can just tell from my energy that I'm reliving the frustrating moments that I have mm -hmm. with students. It's that I've painted the picture with you. You've painted the picture for me and I'm helping you to find ways to make that picture a reality. Let's do that. Why quit before you even get started? And so mm -hmm. I can, we can do all this building, we can do all this encouraging and we can be rooting for them, but we can't want it more for them than they want it for themselves. And we can take them to the well in the water, we, but we can't make them drink. So that mm -hmm. I would say is frustrating because you put so much into it and I give my heart, my all into it. You do. And, and, you know, not all the time does it come back, but I'm very positive in my thought process. So mm -hmm. I know that there'll be someone else. There'll be 10 others in place of that one that didn't want to go through with anything. Yeah. And, and you know what? I know there's a lot of advisors who are listening who probably go through the same thing every single day. You know, they have this amazing conversation with a potential student and they're like, yes, I'm finally able to help someone until you're not. <laughs> right. And in a lot of cases, you may have people going through paperwork, you know, they complete the enrollment process and then poof, somewhere along the process, they're just gone. You know, and that can get frustrating. Uh, what are some of the ways that you would suggest to advisors who are listening to continue to support your students throughout the process up until and after the class start? Believing in them. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they just don't have someone that believes in them. They don't even really believe in themselves. And sometimes because they like us so much for building them up, they'll go along with it. And then remember, I'm actually enrolled in school. I actually have to do something now. Mm -hmm. So follow-up is important. Building with them consistently, you know, knowing what's going on in their lives, just consistently reaching out, believing in them, letting them know that on a daily basis if you can. But we know that's in a perfect world because we can't follow up with the students that we enrolled last quarter, you know, <laughs> every day. We have to be, you know... Uh, definitely conscientious of that. So, you know, that's where coaching comes in because then there's ways that we can still reach out to them by email, you know, by sending a simple text after a few weeks just to check in. Something like that, I would say, works for me. I like that. Oh, one downside too, um, when you think of coaching, if you're coming from the other side, right? Mm -hmm is uh, a lot of times when people think of a coach, they're like, oh my gosh, you're supposed to be my support, right? 
Yeah. So when you have to give that tough love, all of a sudden the wall goes up. But what people don't understand is when you think of sports, uh, most coaches, they're not happy-go-lucky all the time. And it's like when it gets to a point where you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you came to me for help, but then you don't want to follow through on the steps to actually get to where you need to be. There's going to be some tough love there. And I think sometimes that's where people put up a wall. They're like, you're supposed to be nice. And it's like, not all coaches. And it's not saying that they're not nice, but they care so much that they're trying to make you accountable for what you're saying that you want to do. And I think sometimes that's the downfall in addition to carrying the load. You know, sometimes as a coach, you're hearing a lot of stories. You're hearing, and, and you mentioned empathy earlier, right? So Sometimes that stuff sticks with you for a long time, especially in your seat where you're talking to so many different students every day. And some of these students' circumstances, I know sometimes you're like, oh my gosh. And that's why we always say not everyone is cut out for that role, mm -hmm. right? Because if you really care, some of these stories are going to stick with you yeah. while you're sleeping at night. They're going to come back up, right? But I know that you want to take this to another level, too. So exactly where do you want your coaching to go? To the moon. As far <laughs> as as far, I don't want to limit myself in any uh -huh. way. I'm very open to opportunities. I like I said before, I pray daily. So whatever is put up on my heart, my intuition, whatever path that is open for me, I'm going to weigh my options and take whichever one is more along the lines of my path that I see myself ending up where mm -hmm. I see myself ending up. And, you know, I'm open to any opportunity that's going to let me help, let me reach the masses and, and mm -hmm. give my gift of motivation, of encouragement, of wisdom, you know, of, of being so open, willing to share my story and being vulnerable. I'm not guarded when it comes to my personal life or any experiences that I've had. I'm very open and that kind of helps other people to feel relaxed and comfortable with opening up as well. And then we can get somewhere. You know, absolutely. Do you have a specific audience that you want to reach? That is a good question. And I've been trying to figure that out for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But I just would say individuals that approach life with an open mind and an open heart. I, I don't want to specifically put an age group on it, but I will tell you that the age groups that I've impacted the most have been in their early 20s to mid 40s. Mm. Okay. All right, you guys listening, right? Okay, that's who she wants to target. So if you were feeling her vibe, you know who to go to. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Lex. If you were to look back over your life, is there anything that you would have done differently? Absolutely. And then this is not a regret. This is just uh -huh. being very open, like I said before, being vulnerable. Positive mental attitude is everything. And because uh -huh. of the way that I had grown up, no one ever mentioned that to me. No one ever told me about attitude being the most important thing that you can control in your life. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control how you react to it. Mm -hmm. And having that positive mental attitude, as Napoleon Hill says, is the one thing that you have control over. So I would have more focused on that than anything else that I was focusing on. Wow, that's interesting. And you know, we always talk about having a positive mindset. And I think sometimes people become numb to that concept, like, okay, yeah, positivity, blah, 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 <laughs> right? But people don't realize how critical that is to your success and whatever you want to achieve. Do you have any final thoughts for anyone who may be listening, who may be struggling, whether it's in admissions 
or you know, generally speaking, any advice that you can give to our audience? Absolutely. So the one thing that you just said was any advice I would give to anyone in admissions, allow yourself to be a student. Keep learning. I mean, there's times where I take my lunch break and I'm listening to an advisor that is just hot, just enrolling three, four day. I listen to their calls because I want to learn. What are you doing? What can I implement? How can I strategize and be better at my job? Be better at reaching this person that I'm on the other end talking to because it's a human being on the other end. So always being coachable, being willing to go that extra mile to learn. Never stop learning. And then for any individuals that are interested in anything that I've said today and that's inspired, understand that we all are human beings. This is a life experience we're you know, going through right now. Give yourself room to grow. Be very soft with yourself and know when to apply pressure when you aren't doing what you said that you wanted to do. Hold yourself to accountable is what I would say. Oh, I love that. Especially that last part when you said be soft with yourself. You know, um, I, I think both of us uh, tend to be very hard <laughs> on ourselves, right? Being um, also introverted, but I think it's very important how you speak to yourself. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's one thing to be hard and it's another thing to speak negatively mm-hmm. about yourself. Words are very powerful, not only when it's going out to other people, but, you know, when it's being, you know, turned into, you know, how you really feel about yourself as an individual. It, it's, it, it makes a huge difference. But thank you so much, Miss Lex, for joining us today. Okay. I am looking forward to your journey. Okay. I am going to be following you. I can't wait to see where your career is going to go, where your coaching is going to go. I know that you're going to be amazing. Okay. But my advisors out there really take Lex's advice when it comes to the admissions role, you're a coach. Okay. Students are coming to you. And in a lot of cases, you are their last ticket. All right. So take it seriously. They are not a number. These are people that you are communicating with and you're coaching them through life. You know, sometimes they don't have those cheerleaders, right? So you have to make sure that you're continuously following up and you're showing them that you care about their results. All right. So until next time, thanks again, Lex, for joining us today. I will see you all next time. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. I have been working diligently to bring awareness to career schools. There's so much that they have to offer our students and our community. Every single role within the admissions process is critical, whether you're a part of the admissions team, financial aid, career services, academics, everyone deserves a voice. Admissions is the first point of contact for your school. So you want to ensure that you have a team who exudes confidence, passion, and a clear understanding of effective communication with our potential students. I totally understand the pain of missed class starts, low appointment and enrollment conversions, and this is why I created Next Level Admissions Training by Motivate with KAT. This platform is a step-by-step process, and it is going to train your new and tenured advisors in every single step of the enrollment process to ensure that our students are inspired, and they're ready and prepared to start class. 
Admissions is not easy. It can be very challenging, but it's definitely worth it. So if you're ready to take your school to the next level, head on over to lessons.motivatewithkat.com and check out Next Level Admissions.